You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Now, touching base with my mentor, with the great John Schuster. Wasn't able to, uh, Schuster was hanging out with buddies in Henderson, uh, um, watching the games. So again, wanted to get your take going back first, Shoe, before we go forward as to what, uh, what did you just think of Arizona's tournament run right there? Um, you know, going through the teams in the manner in which they did and beating UCLA at the end. I thought it was very similar to my excellent chauffeuring skills. I managed to get you to and from the Pac uh, X tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in uh, that regard, I think uh, things went very well. I think as a result from there, Arizona was motivated uh, to drive on the court the way I was driving on the highways. And, uh, you know, it turned out that uh, they were successful enough to grind it through. I thought they were, uh, you know, they, they had a good bracket. They, they, they were able to avoid Oregon and Washington State, two teams that uh, had the potential to cause problems for them, I think, from a matchup standpoint. Uh, so there was a little bit of a benefit in that regard, uh, even though Stanford was plucky for about 35 minutes. And then, right. you know, it seemed to be the tale for Arizona. Arizona's tournament was a lot of they wore you down in the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think over the course of the first 35 minutes and most of the in the matchups that they had, they didn't, they, 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 they looked okay. Right. And then, and then their numbers in the last five minutes were really good. And that was the reason that they were able to cut down the nets and who knows what might be the last of these uh, in, in the conference incarnation, the way that it is. And certainly it's, I think in that regard, you know, depending on the way things go since uh, UCLA was, you know, again, who the hell knows what's going on in this conference. Um, but, but but since we know that UCLA has bolted, uh, it's nice that maybe as a uh, farewell, UCLA didn't have the opportunity to cut down the nets in that regard. You know, I, thought they, I thought UCLA played very hard and Arizona did the right thing. They knew that they were undermanned on the inside, kept pounding it uh, on the interior. And uh, it was something that uh, worked out for them in the end enough to get a W. And I think it was also nice individually that Courtney Ramey was able to have a big moment. Right. And that's the type of thing. I remember, you know, how, how long ago was this, Mike? You know it uh, by specific days. What was it, 10 years ago that Gabe York was here? Uh, yeah, and, and it was, uh, you know, it was sort of a, it was sort of a plucky, inconsistent career for him. Uh, but then he had a huge game in his last Something to remember game. by, yeah. Fantastic. And, and that's fantastic because it's the type of thing that, you know, with your friends, uh, giving them grief or whatever the case is, or with family, you know, every once in a while you can bring up that you had a big game. Yeah, I played for Arizona. And right. uh, yeah, I had a such and such game here. You know, Ramey can say, yeah, I played for Arizona and I won the Pac X tournament for him. And right. like, oh, really? And then they look it up and sure enough, it's true. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, yeah. So those, I, I think those are cool moments in addition to Arizona being able to do enough uh, to get that W. Where they were seeded as a result, I think, is certainly up for conversation, but being a two-seed is uh, what we ultimately uh, anticipated. Being shipped out of the region is something that perhaps caught some folks off guard, but maybe it works out for them. 
well, you know, well, in what, terms of the way, yeah. That, yeah, in terms of the way that the pods are set up, maybe this isn't such a bad thing, you know? Well, that's what I want to get into here in a second. Um, also, I thought it was interesting that Arizona, again, we've talked about this before, Arizona's been able to beat UCLA twice in low-scoring games. I think a lot of times uh, people have talked about, you know, well, Tommy Lloyd's going to win. These games got to be in the 80s. Well, this one was 61-59 to 59 right there, and it wasn't a particularly pretty game. We're going to get to that here in just a second, but first, you might have said to yourself, Four peaks. Where are the four peaks at? You only saw three peaks. Um, Henry Vasar got a few minutes, but Azulis Tabellis, Umar Ballo carried the majority of the load here. But four peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports, carries all of the load right here. Now you might say to yourself, "Where can I go to Saint for Saint Patrick's Day?" Well, the best play is a place is Saint Patty's Day. Fourth, Four Peaks, 8th Street Pub, of course. Hang out with your favorite degenerates and enjoy a very good time. Uh, must be 21 uh, years or older. Uh, enjoy responsibly. And again, remember, fourpeaks.com backslash events for all your beer week entertainment and OGs. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, OGs, what can that do for me? Well, I'm about to tell you what it can do for you. Here's the deal with OGs. Uh, there's so much more than gummies. They're all about the culture and everything we do. They truly are about making experiences and weaving into the fabric of both PHNX and the sports scene. Great flavors, indicas, sativas. It's official OG's new strawberries and cream. Happy Balance gummies are live on the shelves. As always, you can check them on your local dispensary by checking out ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 and up to enjoy. All right, shoot. Arizona winning this game, winning uh, some slowdown games here like they did against UCLA a couple times this year. I think that it doesn't mean everything, but I think it bodes fairly well for the tournament, though, because generally you don't see games that are always in the 80s and the 90s in the NCAA tournament. Things slow down a little bit. You're playing a better level of competition. You're probably going to have to grind some games out. So I think that was actually a good thing for Arizona. Yeah, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, and, and there have been a few times this year where Arizona's been good enough to effective enough to be able to uh, win games in the half court. The fact that they have two guys who can, who you can go to the inside is obviously something that can help. Now there certainly were frustrations as, uh, and I'm not sure exactly how this plays Were both teams fatigued. UCLA was clearly undermanned, but it's not exactly like when you're scoring 61 points, you're talking about remarkable offensive juggernaut right. performances. Uh, and there were a lot of possessions, and this admittedly concerns me. There were a lot of possessions late in the UCLA game where there was where Arizona reverted to, yeah, guards are going to kind of stand around on the perimeter here. Eventually, you're going to see if Tabellis can get open, and maybe he can do it, and we'll watch Tabellis. Right. And, and that can't happen. You know, right. in, in big possessions late in games, everybody has to be engaged. Or you literally just degree. stagnate. And, and yeah. And, and the, the, the moment cannot be larger than the situation. You have to embrace it. And embracing it means a lot of ball movement. Again, in that specific UCLA game, Arizona has a seven-man bench. Right. Third game in a row, physical matchup. It's very possible that fatigue was absolutely involved in that. And they were fortunate that they were able to get an offensive rebound and Ramey was able to get a follow three to get the W overall. Uh, so, so maybe a lot of the lack of ball movement had to do with the fact that they were tired. Uh, right. But, you know, it's not something that uh, they can afford to do come tournament time. Uh, but again, Arizona is in a position where 
Mike, as you noted, they have been able to win a little bit more in a half-court style, yeah. and that's good. One of the games that popped out to me was the, their win against Tennessee. Even though the score is reasonable, that was pretty much a half-court game. Exactly. Tennessee we thought was, the exact opposite going into that game. Yeah, yeah, and, and Tennessee was the first team that scouted Arizona in a way that made sure that Arizona wasn't going to be able to effectively run on the break. Up until that point, the Cats had a lot of baskets in transition, largely because Tabellus was able to run the floor, and right. very effectively. The scouting report then came out, and, and, and one of the top things on an opponent's list was you don't let Tabellus get beat you down the floor. Uh, and, and once that happened, Arizona's running game was not as strong as it had been. And there are a variety of reasons for that, most notably that Arizona doesn't force steals and Arizona doesn't get blocked shots. And as a result of that, their ability to create in the open floor isn't what it was last year. Uh, so they've had to play, as a result, a lot more games in the half court. And I thought the Tennessee matchup was their best performance in that sort of game against yeah. a very good team at the time. They were able to run the offense very at full effectively. Health. At full health and got a game uh, where they were pretty much in control for most of it. It was a it was the type of game that you could see in a Sweet 16 matchup with uh, some a similar caliber of competition. All right. Speaking of which, let's talk about those Sweet 16 matchups. But first, all right, those first rounds. First, tap and bottle. Might say to yourself, where can I go watch the games this uh, uh, this Thursday and Saturday? Thanks for asking. I have the answer. Tap and bottle. Tap and bottle downtown. You can go down there and many times get four peaks as well. Support local. It's a fun environment. Good TV setup. Lots of uh, lots of good drinks up there. Tap and bottle downtown. Again, you'll love it down there. Good stuff. Great people. And again, um, it's a fun environment with the fellow U of A fans. And or you might say to yourself, I'm uh, the lively sort, a little bit younger. Where should, where should I go? I got another answer for you. The Legal Pete's. Now, you can go to the Illegal Pete's. Um, you've got uh, March Madness at Illegal Pete's. Get a fat burrito, a margarita, and watch your bracket play out. Hosting a watch party, grab a burrito box for the whole crew. Nothing cures that. My bracket is busted in the first round like fresh limes, tequila, lots of tequila, and sweet agave. Try out an Illegal Pete's coin premium or frozen margarita stop by for happy hour 3 to 6 p.m every day illegal pete's there's one here there's one in tempe you make the choice all right now when it comes to uh, arizona's first matchup against princeton arizona's a 14 and a half point favorite uh princeton's an interesting team because uh they don't they don't shoot particularly well which always fascinates me when i see a team like that this is a game that arizona should win and quite frankly you got missouri and you got utah state coming up after that after that, it becomes, uh, I think, more interesting. But as draws go, Shu, I'm okay with this draw because the last thing I wanted to see was an, an eight seed Arkansas or something right. in that yeah. uh, in that second round. And well, my would have been okay with the eight seed Arkansas because they wouldn't have played at the number two seed Arizona. Well, no, that's true. That is, I know what you mean. That is I, true. You know, like last year's matchup with TC, I totally understand what you're saying in terms of how, in terms of what our concern was, and maybe in a couple days this is going to be shoved back into our face because mm -hmm. there are issues about Missouri uh, that sure. I have some. I root for Utah state in that game. Uh, that's I would agree with that. The fact that Missouri forces 11 steals a game concerns me right. and should concern you considering that you've brought up on a number of occasions, the way that uh, you're bothered by how Arizona doesn't necessarily have a ball handler per se, and sometimes right. gets itself in trouble if teams decide to press a little bit. 11 steals a game is a potential problem. Uh, but 
in terms of how that pod is broken down, you look at the you give Arizona a very good opportunity to uh, be able to move through. If they lose to Princeton, I think that's an immense surprise. If Utah State upsets Missouri, which I think is absolutely a possibility, I know Utah State runs some good offense, but I just don't think they're going to beat Arizona. Right. And, and and then you're taking your chances from there. The tournament to me overall, and, and I, I kind of see the tournament, generally speaking over the years, in, in a block of threes and sixes. And if you'll allow me to expand, you on tell that, me that so you can tell me this, something like that. Let's use last year as an. Generally speaking, the prognosticators as a whole, and this, you know, the, 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 there are obviously variances here, but generally speaking, there are about six teams that the prognosticators think can win the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, and let's use last year as an example. Those six teams were Tennessee, Kentucky, Gonzaga, Arizona, Duke, and Kansas. Right. In the first weekend, two of those teams get beat. Right. Uh, this is where the Cinderella aspect comes into play. We don't know what two teams are going to get knocked off, but two of those teams are going to get knocked off. In the second week, uh, and the two teams last year that got knocked off in the first weekend were Tennessee and Kentucky. Second weekend, uh, two more teams are going to get knocked off. For the tournament scenario last year, that was Gonzaga and Arizona. Right, right. They were right. Uh, they they were knocked off, and other teams moved through. But neither of those teams in those situations advanced. Then you have uh, two more teams that are supposed to be in the final four that got there, uh, and and the and in that case it was Duke and Kansas, and in Kansas. the end Kansas ultimately won the tournament. Um, but then there's a second tier, and North Carolina fell into that second tier, the team that gets hot. The team that was on a roll, the team, the that ninety-seven just, comparison, sort of the team that you just sort of see. It, it just sort of happens, and you roll with it. Right. I think, generally speaking, it's fairly safe to say that while Arizona is competitive, Arizona's not in the top tier that th this year. Yeah, prognosticators. Prognostic. Some prognosticators are picking Arizona to go to the Final Four. Most of them are not picking Arizona to win the national championship, as many of them did last year. Right. So. What you hope from Arizona's standpoint is that you just roll with it. You see what happens. You go with it. You compete as well as you can. Maybe you get hot and you see how long the wave takes you. So I think Arizona is in wave mode this year. And uh, then, you know, things progress from there and you see what ultimately happens. And hopefully, ho hopefully it's a really good wave for Arizona that we're uh, riding for quite some time. Now let's look at it a little bit. I think from a uh, now looking after that, then a little bit. Assuming you assuming, well, you know, with Arizona basketball, as we if you've lived long enough, you never assume anything. But um, uh, Baylor to me is where it gets really, really interesting. Then it's not your vintage Baylor team, but it's still a really, really good Baylor team. And then after that, if they didn't have all the distractions, I'm not sure that I wouldn't pick Alabama to win it all. I do believe. Excuse me. I do believe that Alabama is probably the the best combination of uh, talent and cohesion in the country, but it's very, very rare to see a team like that. And granted, they're kind of an unprecedented, you know, situation yeah. right here, but it's when you've got the microscope on you, the way that they do right there, that's that, uh, that pressure is going to only enhance as you go further in the tournament, not uh, devolve. And on top of that, a game against a team like Virginia in the sweet 16, that is basically looking to first one to 10 wins. That is a, that's a game that I don't think a team like Alabama is looking to play. 
that could be the type of frustrating matchup that uh, if things when when you're dealing with the emotion of outside interference uh, at the in in the NCAA tournament, if you start to shoot poorly, it's one of those things that can snowball. Right. And Virginia is the type of team that plays defense well enough that can make you shoot poorly. And then you're at the under 16 timeout. And you're not really worried. And that's the under 12 timeout. And you're still not pulling away. Right. It's the under eight timeout. And they're kind of hanging around. But you know, in the second half, it's been okay. And then it, and then, and then at the under four, you're down one. Possession starts right. to grind and uh, frustration can set in. There have been the NCAA tournament is littered with NBA all stars who have had crappy NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that is being a future NBA all star is by no means a guarantee that you're going to play well uh, in a one and done college scenario. And you're right, Virginia is the type of team that could be a real problem. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting, especially in this week with the tournament as a whole, this is Hope Week. This is the week where you yeah. can talk yourself well as a fan. You can talk yourself into anything. Right. You can talk. Uh, now, my general opinion here is that if Arizona stacking up against Baylor, I think Baylor is probably going to win. But okay. I think Arizona's obviously got a chance in a matchup right. like that. And like uh, your pal Jason Shear said uh, in your broadcast uh, Sunday night, uh, you know, Baylor isn't the defensive juggernaut that it was before. That's understandable. So yeah, you can you can come up with scenarios and plenty of them as to how Arizona could win that game against Alabama. It's the same thing. You know, it, it, it's one of those things. Well, you know, maybe the maybe the stress catches up to them. Or you know, one of the games that Alabama lost this year was a matchup to to, to Gonzaga, where Gonzaga scored ninety against them right, and just right. ran them off the floor. Uh, it was it was kind of a weird matchup at the time. Gonzaga wasn't playing particularly well, and uh, Alabama had zero answer for them. Even though the guy for Alabama, who was at the center of all the controversy, scored something like eighty-seven points. Yes, yes, just, exactly. Uh, he didn't struggle. He did not struggle, but Alabama couldn't stop him. Right. Uh, and Arizona runs its stuff, as we're well aware, a lot like against. Uh, so, so you can always find. You can also you can always reach out and find hope. And Arizona is in a is a, is a good team that creates matchup problems. That's in a hope bracket right now. You look right. at the initial pod. Those are games that Arizona should probably win. Uh, and then, you know, you look at that second weekend. You don't, I don't like the idea of playing Baylor, but can Arizona beat Baylor? Yeah. And by and the you, second weekend, you're going to play good teams. You're going to play good teams anyway. And then you look further down there, your number four seed is Virginia. Arizona's better than Virginia. Uh, now, obviously, right. you, you know, your scenario, your Virginia scenario is hope as well, hoping that they can do enough defensively to cause some consternation for Alabama. But again, if the Schuster model of the of there are six teams in the tournament and one of them, you know, uh, manages to win at the end, but two of them lose in consecutive weekends to get to that point, an Alabama-Virginia matchup is one of those games that you could look at and say maybe that's ripe for an upset. So there's plenty of hope out there, and we'll see if Arizona is one of those teams that uh, benefits from that audacity and has an opportunity to make a deep run. All right, now, let me tell you about You might be saying to yourself, Mike, I'd like to eat some pizza during this game. I'd like to eat I'd some the pizza answer during for you. this game. Mountain Mike's Pizza, Ooh. Oracle and Wetmore, 
And Mountain Mike's Pizza. I believe there's a Mountain Mike's Pizza in Sacramento where I'm going to be tomorrow. So again, maybe I'll check out Mountain Mike's Pizza right there. But here's the deal. Head over to Mountain Mike's Pizza or to their in Tucson or to their Mesa Chandler or, again, their Tucson locations to place your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. Great pizza, good pepperoni, great setup right there as well. The good, great John Schuster has been there many times before. He's as thinking as, uh, about going today now that you have put that into his mind. There you go. And for, uh, for uh, other people, the Octane Raceway Mavericks. Now, here's the deal. It's up in Scottsdale. Great stuff going on right there. You've got go-karts, bowling, arcade. You can be like William Brad Allison, take the kids up there. You can go up there and have a, a, a guy's weekend, whatever the case may be. Uh, this week or on Fridays, you get trivia night, rotating drink specials, Saturday and Sunday, uh, 50% off signature bowling before noon. Book fun this spring at Octane Raceway Mavericks, kart racing, virtual reality, laser tag, axe throwing, bowling, arcade, great food and drinks. They've got it all. Bring in your spring training ticket and get a $10 gift card. Uh, check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks.com to learn more. All right, John Schuster, appreciate touching base with you, and we will be in touch with you shortly. He's John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.